The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CEO. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Saturday morning to you, Collider fans. Welcome to another episode of Collider Mailbag. I am your host, John Roca, joined by one of my favorite people here in the office. We talk so much about movies and about entertainment and about Universal Studios and about so many things off camera that I was like, we got to get her on Mailbag. And Wendy found some time in her schedule to be on here. Wendy Lee, welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I have, you know, uh, Perry and I kind of designed this set that's yeah, yeah. behind us. Yeah. I, I designed it, but I never sat on it. <laughs> So, well, here so, we go. Yay! Yes, but, okay, congratulations on the new gig. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm having fun with it, and it's, you know, the big reason I'm having so much fun with it is now getting to dive even deeper into these questions from the fans. We always love it when you send stuff in, and I say this over and over again. The fans' questions are very interesting, very incisive, and I try to pick the ones that will spark the most conversation. And I put a call out for some Disney-centric questions because I know how much of a big Disney fan <laughs> yeah, that shirt. Wendy is. Exactly. <laughs> Is that Will Smith on that? Okay. No. <laughs> I mean, it's blue like Just Will Smith. joking. Just joking. Uh, anyway, you know how it works. You guys send in the questions when you do. Please, you see the call outs on social media with Twitter and with Instagram. Look for that and uh, do the hashtag Collider Mailbag. Send it in because it makes it easier for me to find. Or if you want to email them to us, you can email them to us anytime you want. You don't have to wait for a call out or anything. Mailbag at Collider.com. Send them in there. I try to pour through the email, the Twitter, and the Instagram posts to see what are the best questions and take and select five five of them for every one of these shows and uh, I think we got some good ones for today. I am really really excited to, to get into these questions. Yeah. I was looking at them last night and I you know make little notes for myself in right, my head and I, I just kind of like went off on a tangent. I was like, "All right, I need to get to bed. It's 1 a.m." <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. That means we've selected well. Let's start it off here. Our first question comes from at Elizabeth Turner on Twitter. Uh, she asks, "Which film films from the Disney revival era would you rather be given the live action treatment?" I'm 
personally not a big fan of the idea as it's a little early, but if I had to choose, I'd go with either Tangled or The Princess and the Frog. Uh, what do you think there, Wendy? What's your choice? Oh, well, within the revival era, and I agree mm-hmm. with Elizabeth Turner, who I guess is a uh, huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan, yes, Elizabeth yes, Turner, yes, yes, unless yes. that's actually the, your name. Um, the re- revival era is 2009 to now, I okay. think, so it's a little bit shorter, so like it immediately comes to mind for me tangled yeah um uh print the print uh, princess and the frog uh i would love to see honestly i think princess and the frog would be an easier translation mm-hmm. to live action because tangled she's got the hair mm-hmm. and that's gonna that's a lot of cgi i'm not saying it can't <laughs> be done i'm just saying i think i would rather see princess and the frog i think that's a very well-rounded story mm-hmm. it's beautiful i really want to see an actor i don't know who to uh, portray Dr. Felicier mm-hmm. because that song, uh, Friend Like Me or, or, or Friends from the Other Side, yeah. it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. That or Moana. You just put Ali yeah. Cravallo, put The Rock in there. You already have your cast mm-hmm. already laid out for you. So either one of those two I would go for. I think Moana is my choice in this situation because I love the story and the spectacle that goes on in that and the scope of it. And once again, it would show Disney exploring something that's not the traditional culture or traditional setting that Disney usually goes for with a lot of their animated movies in the past, right? Mm -hmm. This revival era was about opening the doors to other possibilities, other uh, uh, cultures to be explored. And I think Moana is one of those incredible music. The Rock can totally play that as well. I I, I wonder how they, I would love to see how they do the lobster uh, with all that going on right down there and the glowing stuff but the story also is really important right once again this kind of younger girl who's trying to figure out where she belongs in the world versus like the norms of her uh, upbringing versus what she wants to do coming toe-to-toe with that and then figuring out where her place is on this journey where her place is in the world on this journey so Moana would be the one for me and yes it's a bit soon but that being said Disney shouldn't just be limiting themselves to the renaissance films and like that should be moving into the revival stuff if it's it's possible to make the jump, especially something like Moana, which did well, but I think they wanted it to do even better. That would be fun to see. Myself. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people are thinking when you're thinking about films uh, in the revival era that mm. did well, people immediately go to Frozen. Right. Immediately right, right, go right. to Frozen. But do I want to see a live action for Frozen? Not right now, especially with Frozen 2 just right. came out. Yeah. Not, not just came out, but the trailer just came out. Mm-hmm. And we saw. So I think give these films a little bit more time to live and to breathe mm-hmm. and let them turn into the classics that they are meant to be. And then we can kind of do the lack of action from there. But you were thinking maybe a live action film you would like to see turned into a. Uh, animated film from mm-hmm. the Renaissance era. Yeah. yeah, Hercules is the one that I would uh, love to see turn. I mean, for, you know, we've got Aladdin, all that going on, Lion King, we had Jungle Book, whatever, but like for me, Hercules is one that could really still Why work. Hercules? I think just about the story because A, you know, once again, it's a young kid trying to figure out where he belongs in the world, being manipulated or hurt by the people who are older in the world, the establishment, this mm. idea of like, you know, the gods and the idea of like how things should be done versus this new kid coming up who's half in the world and half out of that world and messing things up and trying to show a better way forward and a newer way forward. And you have that relationship he has with Meg yeah. where everyone, where Meg is like, you know, she's kind of like bitter about the situations that have happened to her and rightfully so. And so she has, like, she's hardened her heart, mm-hmm. but Hercules comes along and figures out she a way. Yeah, and she falls in love. He cracks that. And so to see her journey and his journey, especially in 2019 um, uh, screenwriting eyes, I think, 
uh, the journey would be a little more nuanced, a little more interesting, a little more fair in portrayal. And so that would be fun to explore with those two in a live action thing. Plus, I'm a big fan of gods and, uh, you know, Hercules stuff, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Seeing it li- in a live action would be interesting. Plus, that music is great. Oh, the music's so good. And I, if I could have anything from the Renaissance era, I would pick Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's such an underrated film. It mm-hmm. is so good. The music is fantastic. The animation, I love. Yeah. And it's just like I want people to give more love to it because they're, they, people don't know about it, you know, right. because it doesn't right. have the classic Disney princess. You know what I mean? They have Quasimodo as as the uh, as the lead. So. Yeah, the protagonist. But yeah, yeah. Whew, long-winded question. Yeah, Sorry. No, right. Sorry, Elizabeth Turner. Well, Our next Twitter question yeah. comes from the Primal King, who writes, Hi, Collider. I have a question. What moments from animated Disney movies scared you when you were a kid? For me, it was the Heffalump song in Winnie the Pooh. That gave me nightmares for days. Hashtag Collider Mailbag. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. For me, it's uh, that donkey scene in Pinocchio. Yeah. When you see, I remember I was a young kid. I remember seeing, like, the whale scene was scary enough. But before that, the donkey scene in the movie, when you hear the kid crying for his mom, Mama. and then he starts baying like a donkey in the transition in shadow. In shadow is what makes it really dark, and you could tell they were kind of influenced of some of the German expressionist mm-hmm. cinema that had been around back then. Uh, you can go back see the Nosferatu stuff, see M. That's really, or the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Go and watch those old German expressionist films. Those are the films that seem to be influenced that scene, at least, in Pinocchio, in shadow, watching the kid turn into a donkey. That's scared the hell out of me uh, as a young kid like oh my god this is possible and hearing that gunshot of Bambi's <gasps> mom dying off frame oh. that also affected I remember that being those one of those things that just really affected me as a kid watching it what you about talk you? about you talk about having those affect you as a kid I actually rewatched that donkey scene last night oh. god it was heartbreaking <laughs> and, and it brought me right back to because my mom and I used to watch a bunch of these movies mm-hmm. together right she wouldn't just she wasn't the type of mom that just like put me in front of the TV and just be like alright go do whatever she She'd watch it with me. Right. And then she used that donkey scene. She's like, when you're bad, that's what'll happen to you. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that scene kind of like sat with me. I was like, oh no, but that was a really frightening scene. Another one for me mm-hmm. has always stuck out was Maleficent's entrance to Sleeping oh, Beauties, yeah. the curse scene, yeah, when yeah. she was like, all of you, listen well. And then her staff comes down on that concrete floor right. and it's like, and it echoes and you and and then she curses the princess and she's like and dies i'm like what (laughs) is this she's gonna kill the princess and she for the longest time was like my most feared villain Mm -hmm. out of all the disney villains right uh and and that scene ever ever since then i think uh i was kind of always afraid of like any sort of villain that would look Mm -hmm. had the silhouette of maleficent until i I got a little older and i was like I like her. I learned to like her. But, you know, back then, that's what it was. Another one for me, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh. When the walrus ate all the baby oysters. Mm. But they didn't know that they were. And then they they dressed them up like babies. They have the little. So that was really dark because I was watching it. And Alice in Wonderland is this kind of, you know, you know what it is Mm -hmm. already. And it's, it's crazy. And when that happened, I was like, wait, what? Am I watching, Mom? <laughs> Didn't watch that film for a long time when I was a kid. Watched yeah, that's it once, what and that was it. Yeah, yeah, you watch it once, you're like, I'm not going to revisit it until much, much later. Yeah. And then it she's like, if you're bad, that's much. what happens to you. 
<laughs> Your mom was hard. All right. Let's move on to our next question. It's from Instagram at Nick underscore field 90 writes is Avengers Endgame going to overwhelm Aladdin. It comes out just a month later and this is a consistent problem Disney has with Memorial Day releases after a major MCU film. Ultron, Tomorrowland, Civil War, Alice 2, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Infinity War versus Solo. Uh, mm. Wendy, what do you think here? I honestly think, and not favoring one thing over another, mm-hmm. like I'm a fan of Marvel, I'm a fan of Disney, I think at this point uh, where Marvel has their MCU slate up to, it's really, really hard for not just Disney movies, any other movies to compete with it because yeah. the fandom has grown so large and we've come to the end of this this huge story and everybody is going to go see it and it's we're like in there for three hours mm-hmm. and then you're going to want to go and see it again and, and again and again and again. So I don't really necessarily thinks it overwhelms because it's not as good. I just think that the audience are very passionate because they've been following this story, these yeah. characters for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the ticket sales are. You know, people plan this, they like cosplay, and they go to the theater with these <laughs> costumes, so they're ready. But Aladdin, I think it's going to bring a little, something a little different because it is a live action of a classic Disney movie. Right. I am very, very excited for it. I, I want to see all these songs performed in life, so I know I want to be their opening weekend for Endgame, and I'm going to be their opening weekend for Aladdin. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, this is an interesting question. I do think that Avengers Endgame is a juggernaut that that will crush everything in its path, especially if it's good. Now, it seems like a no-brainer after the this recent release of the picture of Will Smith as Genie, this uh, trailer that dropped that people were like, whoa, this is a weird-looking <laughs> Will Smith as Genie. Uh, Jafar didn't get a lot of positive mm-hmm. uh, response from people who watched the trailer. But Uh, Jasmine did get a positive response. The shot from above of what looks like a friend like me happened, or Prince Ali, rather, that whole spectacle coming down the alley with all the elephants and everything like that, the bright colors. I think there's a possibility here down the road where we get a way better trailer than we've gotten yet for Aladdin. Maybe all the reaction motivates these people to cut a better, or Disney, rather, to cut a better trailer that Mm -hmm. showcases what they can do with this film, and people will become back on board with Aladdin. And then, at that point, we'll see. Aladdin is one of the most beloved Disney films, um, and those are the strikes I think against it is the is the fact that Will Smith is stepping in for Robin Williams, yeah. and so far people have not liked what they've seen of the film. So right now, yes, I would answer your question and say Avengers: The Game is absolutely yep. going to crush Aladdin. Now, if you're worried about the financial stuff. Most this it's not like Disney needs to have legs for three months for this film to make money. Aladdin <laughs> yeah. is going to make its money on the front end if it's going to make any money at all, especially yeah. the way it's come out right now. So I think Avengers Game will actually eclipse Aladdin, but if they come out with a better trailer down the road, yeah. it may be a lot closer than people think. And I think they will, especially once they show us, um, they showcase like a whole new world and yeah. some of these like right. classic song mm-hmm. moments that we're all looking for. Is, mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened with the trailer. It's when you introduce something new to something that's yes, so familiar with to us, mm-hmm. we kind of immediately want to like, we don't like change, we resist immediately, right? Yeah. But I was, I've opened my heart to these remakes because I want to see what they can do with it. Right. Um, the unfortunate thing that happened with Robin Williams, we know that there can never be a genie like him 
ever mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Will Smith should try and be uh, like Robin Williams because he's his own person. And again, you can't compare yourself to right. you know, uh, a performance of that caliber. So I think as long as Will Smith is true to um, his portrayal of the genie. Right, his and, version of the genie. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think from taking the color and the CGI and all that stuff out, from I feel like from the way he came off when I what I heard in the trailer, mm-hmm. I really didn't mind it. Um, I just want them to... I think I said it in 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 uh, in a past conversation. The mm-hmm. tracking of the face of the genie was just a little bit yeah. off. Like when he moved, like his, the rest of his face, Apollo just yeah. Ever he seemed so to have a double for one forehead yeah. on top of another. I just another, think it's yeah. not done. The movie doesn't yeah. come out until until May. But at this point, going back to this question, mm-hmm. yes, I do think that. I mean, Endgame's gonna just if you haven't gotten your ticket or if you don't get your ticket pre-sale, like good luck to you. Do you think? Do you think hard. this? Uh, do you think they were right to send a, put out a picture of the genie or put the genie in the trailer, knowing that it wasn't a hundred percent right? Because I mean, the big complaint with the first teaser that came out around uh, around Thanksgiving, yeah. the minute trailer that came out, it was the fact that you didn't see the genie at all, right? And then people were like, "No, no, you guys are overreacting. They right. want to get the genie right." Well, this trailer comes out and the right. genie still doesn't look right. Yep. Do you think they made a mistake? I mean, obviously you feel like they made a mistake, but how much of a mistake do you think they made? I think it's definitely uh, open the conversation people are talking about Aladdin. Yeah. It, it may not all be positive, but I think people are going to be now it's on their mind. They're mm-hmm. going to go back and they're going to look for that second trailer to see if it's quote unquote improved. Right. Right. So I think I don't think it's a I don't think it's a mistake. I think every time you put something out, um, there's always a chance for improvement, especially when the movie is so far out. Mm-hmm. So if they feel like they want to improve it, they can take kind of the consensus of, of, of what everybody is saying right. and and put that in, into the works. But you know, we, we will. See. I am looking for that second trailer. <laughs> I, just, I want I want a whole new world. I, I want I want like the musical numbers. I'm ready for. I think that's a good point. If we see the musical numbers in the next trailer and it's incredible yeah. it may turn some people yeah. around yeah. yeah what do we have I'm, next i'm one? ready well the next uh, question comes from twitter user at max z goof he writes with frozen 2 coming out i don't know of any animated sequels that come close to the quality of the original films are there good animated sequels out there do bad sequels have a lasting negative impact on your experience of the original oh, this is a great question Whew. max and especially if you're going to keep it just in the animated world this mm-hmm. is a really good question but not disney right all well, animated yeah all okay. animated it all animated so you talk about this like you look at it okay are there any good animated sequels for me toy story 3 is probably the top animated sequel in my opinion uh you've got monsters university which mm-hmm. i endo- enjoyed madagascar 2 escape to africa oh. was good i enjoyed despicable me too for what it was uh fantasia 2000 is incredible so there have been plenty of good animated sequels that like I liked, yes. right? Because it's a personal thing, subjective thing. Did you like it? I like them. There are a number of them. Even uh, Shrek 2 I enjoyed with the introduction of Puss in Boots and mm-hmm. what Antonio Banderas does with that character and how it messes with Eddie Murphy's donkey. A <laughs> lot yeah. of fun there. So to me, there are a number of good animated sequels. You ask yourself, now, there are also a bunch of bad animated sequels and you wonder how it affects your experience of the original. I think it all depends on how you look at things. Like The Matrix is still a fantastic movie, Revolutions and uh, the other one, Reloaded, not good movies at all, but it doesn't affect my enjoyment of uh, of um, uh, of The Matrix. Just like Indiana Jones. Look, Crystal Skull I hated, but I still love Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. So you can still love the first film for what it does and the world that it lays out to you and not have the animated sequels necessarily take that away from you. Uh, yeah. But 
you know, that's just my opinion. You can do it with, with not lose the magic of the original. Well, you know what I found interesting is back then, and because we were just talking about Aladdin, I'll yeah. just use that as an example for right now. When Aladdin did really, really well, and they, they're like, okay, we're going to make a sequel, right? So yeah, it was yeah, Return right. of Jafar and King of Thieves. But those were straight to DVDs mm-hmm. back then. And mm-hmm. now we look at sequels, animated uh, movies today, they're all theater releases. Right. Cars 2, Cars 3, um, Despicable Me, all of them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's... We as consumers and studios, they have raised the bar. So it doesn't just go straight to a home. It's everybody sees it because it's in the theater. So I think there's a bigger push and people are are kind of noticing like and they're really able to compare like Mm -hmm. not as good as the first one or whatever. But uh, one franchise that stood out to me that has been so far consistently good. I Mm -hmm. haven't seen the third one yet, but I am going to soon How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I love the first one. And I Mm -hmm. thought the follow up was honestly just as good Mm because it got me in just as emotional in just as many you know moments and and i it's still a really solid story i think sometimes when they do a sequel because they everybody wants to see a follow-up the story sometimes isn't as strong or as Mm well-rounded as the original but how to train your dragon yeah well thought out story and you just continue you grow with these characters you see hiccup getting older you you see toothless and this third one we're gonna see you know they're they're much older so i that's like one that's a very good example of Mm -hmm. animated sequels can be as good as the first right 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 and do you find that any of the animated sequels that aren't do they affect your enjoyment of the original film no i mean if i don't like it then i just pop you know what i do is is (laughs) i I pop back at that that original one and i was like well i'm just gonna re-enjoy this to remind myself why I loved <laughs> get the patch cakes now. Just wash it out oh, of your mouth. Yeah. Rescuers Down Under, down under oh, yeah. to me was yeah. another another good one too. And Kronk's mm-hmm. New Groove was alright too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kronk's New Groove. Oh, right. The Emperor's <laughs> New Groove yeah. uh, uh, sequel there too. Mm-hmm. You're right. You make a good point. This idea that they, uh, a lot of the times the animated sequels would go right to uh, uh, DVD. We had uh, Lion King 2. We mm-hmm. had a sequel to that that oh went God, straight yeah. to DVD. So Mulan there were a number. Two. Mulan 2, right. There were a number of strings. So uh, most of the times they don't bring back the original actors who played the main voices. They, Disney has a thing where they have voice, they hire actors who are very similar to the voice of the main character, and sometimes those are the voices you get on your toys or on your yeah. uh, things like that, because yeah. they find people who are just as good because they don't want to pay out the amounts of money that big stars would need to get paid out to do those kinds of things. So, it's yeah, it's interesting. I love this question, Max, so uh, thanks for sending it along. All right, let's move on to our next one, and our last question of the show. It's from Instagram. Massage2003 writes, with the success of the Incredibles franchise. Wouldn't it be great if Pixar would start making some kick-ass Marvel movies? Like, say, The Mutant Massacre or Fall of the Mutants. They could make it a trilogy. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Wendy? I mean, if you look at The Incredibles, and and years later they come out with Incredibles 2. Right. Just as good. I guess we could have put that in the last Yeah, that's true. That's a good sequel as well. Um, I think Pixar has a very talented team, Mm -hmm. uh, creatively and and as in animators as well. And I think I would love to see some Marvel content under the animation of Pixar, just because there's so much you can do with animated that you can't do in live action and with CGI. Um, I think you are really opening yourself up creatively when you put something such as superheroes Mm -hmm. onto animation. Like, um, you look at some of the DC animations that are out right now. I like so many of them. They're Mm -hmm. so, so good. And I think this is something that I would love for Marvel, maybe if they don't want to put it out as, like, featured, put it on their streaming service. 
Yeah, that that's would certainly be possible. Great. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to see a revival of um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, mm-hmm. Ultimate Spider-Man. I love those. I was so sad when Ultimate Spider-Man ended in 2017. Yeah. Because I loved it. So if that, I'm not saying like carbon copy the exact what we already had right. but now we can create new ones yeah well we see that happening with the dc universe with you know with doom patrol with titans and look uh dorian and i did a review of doom patrol we've been doing reviews let me tell you something doom patrol is an incredible show on the dc universe streaming service if you're not watching that you need to get on that subscribe to it and watch that show that is worth the subscription alone uh it's incredible acting so you look at that and you go okay this is a role model for if they want to do a pixar style of a, a version of Marvel movies mm-hmm. could it go straight to the streaming service? Certainly, probably Disney Plus. They haven't said that no Pixar films are going to be on there uh, or any Pixar series. And wouldn't that be interesting if Pixar did their first series and it's a Marvel animated series and they do it on uh, on the uh, uh, on the, the Disney Plus service, streaming service? Yeah. It would be incredible. What a, incredible, for lack of a better pun, there incredible <laughs> to see that <laughs> go down. I look, I like Avengers versus X Men. Now that oh. both are under. Uh, the umbrella of uh, Disney and Fox, then I think that's a possibility. There's so much that happened in those. I also think Young Avengers, if you want to go with, you know, kind of a, a younger approach, because uh, Pixar doesn't, they do adult themes, but right. always within the context of a kid-like approach to things, you can do that with Young so Avengers. So kind of like a Teen Titans yeah, thing. Yeah, kind of like a Teen Titans thing. Not as graphic as Titans, but certainly a Teen Titans <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, they could do that with Young Avengers. So much there with uh, Iron Lad, Patriot, Hulkling, Asgardian and Hawkeye eventually shows up as well. And so you, you have these um, echoes of the original heroes, the older heroes, kind of bouncing through here through Young Avengers. I think that would be incredible to yeah. see the Pixar animation on this. And don't forget, let's not roll Disney. I mean, I love everything Pixar does, yeah. but Big Hero 6 came from Walt Disney animation. Right, exactly. And that is loosely based on a Marvel comic book. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think... They probably already have things, you know, planning, moving parts and things like that. And we just, they haven't announced, we don't know about it. It would be a missed opportunity to not put something like this on their Disney streaming service, right. you know, and, and, and it, it would be good for all the audiences and not just young age. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. What do you guys think? Do you want to see a Pixar MCU or Marvel movie on the Disney Plus streaming service or maybe as a feature? That's certainly possible as well. Would the animation style of Pixar work for a superhero Marvel? We see it in Incredibles, oh, but in Incredibles, there are allusions to some darker stuff in the Incredibles. They don't really fully commit. Like, you never see Syndrome actually physically you see him go in there but you don't see body parts and blood and all this kind of stuff so would they be willing to do that on the pixar side of things i don't know but certainly certainly there would be a nice combination yeah yeah Yeah. i think they would keep it pg i don't think they they they, would they would put some graphics (laughs) that's like not the pixar brand (laughs) an (laughs) r-rated pixar movie uh all right well thanks everybody for watching this saturday edition of collider mailbag and a special thanks to wendy lee for stopping by to be part of the show thank you wendy yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it was so much fun answering these questions. I love Disney, so I, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> and where can people find you if they want to see more of what you do and your content, Wendy? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Wendy Lizaney. And then you have a YouTube uh, channel? Oh, yes. You the, movie, the movie couple. The movie couple. Uh, my husband and I do. We do trailer reactions, mm-hmm. do reviews. We vlog and we eat a lot. We eat a lot in the vlogs, which is like one of my favorite things to shoot. You were in one of the yes, episodes. Yes, I was. A little we, maestro sausage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Nice. We had nice. so many sausages <laughs> in our freezer for days. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you can find me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram. Let us know what your answers to these questions are in the comments section below there. And remember to like and share this video on your social media. 
and subscribe to Collider for more videos like this and more trailer reviews, trailer reactions, and movie reviews as well. Remember, if you want to send your questions into Collider Mailbag, you can do it when we put the call-outs on social media, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Put that hashtag Collider Mailbag on your question so I can find it a lot easier. Or you can email us anytime you want. Do it at 4 a.m., do it at 4 p.m., mailbag at Collider.com. Something sparks your interest, you're watching something, and you want to ask a question of us and see if it might get selected, send it through there. I'm always coming through there to see some really great questions from you all. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. And don't forget to tune in tomorrow for another episode of Collider Mailbag. And I welcome the great Jay Washington, the urban gladiator, to the Collider Mailbag. Take care, everyone. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the big one throws, $8.49. Toastmaster small appliances are just $2.14 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Office valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code ENJOY15. Lego and Fitbit. Offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.